0: Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/wondery. That's RocketMoney.com/wondery. RocketMoney.com/wondery.
1: Tonight, the revealing news from the First Lady of the United States, Baron Trump, tested positive for coronavirus, and the warning from health officials about the upcoming holidays. COVID's autumn comeback: 37 states seeing an increase in new cases. Wisconsin builds a field hospital as it sees record hospitalizations. And a shocking prediction, 135,000 more deaths. Could your holiday dinner become a super spreader event? We put the question to Dr. Anthony Fauci. So what is your advice about Thanksgiving? And breaking news tonight, a legendary college football coach tests positive. 20 days to go, the president holds a huge rally in Iowa, a state he won easily by 10 points in 2016, but is now tied with Joe Biden. The group President Trump is begging for support. Suburban women,
2: would you please like me?
1: And the record nearly 15 million votes already cast. I think the lines are going to be maybe even worse on November 3rd. The showdown tonight between President Trump's choice for the Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett, and the Democratic nominee for Vice President, Kamala Harris. Only on CBS News, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, tells Gail King about the night his girlfriend was shot and killed by Louisville police.
3: She screamed, like I was holding her hand. You were holding her hand? Yeah, like while this was happening, pulling her down to the ground.
1: And the American astronaut, who spent her 42nd birthday blasting off into space. It's truly out of this world.
2: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
1: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with that revealing new announcement from Melania Trump and a dire new warning about coronavirus spreading at Thanksgiving. Tonight, the first lady says her son, Barron, did have the virus at the same time that she and the president were infected, but that the 14-year-old has now tested negative. And she's opening up about what she calls a roller coaster of symptoms, even as her husband has declared himself cured and immune from the virus. Tonight, he's holding another campaign rally in Iowa, expecting as many as 10,000 supporters to pack into an airport hangar there, even though cases of coronavirus in Iowa are exploding. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says holding that event is risky. And in a new interview with us tonight, he's also warning about what he sees as another danger, family gatherings, including upcoming holidays. We'll have all that in just a moment. And our team of correspondents is standing by with a lot of new reporting tonight. CBS's Weijia Jiang is going to lead off our coverage tonight
4: from the White House. Good evening, Weijia. Good evening, Nora. Tonight, CBS News has learned that Rose Garden super spreader event had a wider reach than we thought. The first lady says she is glad that she, Barron Trump, and President Trump all got the coronavirus at the same time so they could take care of each other. First Lady Melania Trump is opening up tonight about her son's COVID-19 diagnosis and her own battle with the virus, writing, My fear came true when 14-year-old Barron Trump tested positive, adding luckily he is a strong teenager and exhibited no symptoms. Mrs. Trump revealed she had body aches, a cough, and felt extremely tired, choosing a more natural route in terms of medicine, opting more for vitamins and healthy food to help her recover. Asked about his son, President Trump did not give any further details. Baron's Tonight, the president is making his first campaign stop in Iowa since January. For a state that wasn't supposed to be competitive, the race is now tied, even though Mr. Trump won by nearly 10 points in 2016. The visit comes as Iowa surpassed 100,000 coronavirus cases this week and has logged a recent surge in hospitalizations.
0: And I'm in such perfect shape.
4: Even after catching COVID-19 himself, the president is holding one packed event after another. This billboard points to the site of tonight's rally. An estimated 10,000 people are attending, defying federal guidelines limiting large gatherings in central Iowa to 25. With Biden leading nationwide and in most swing states, President Trump must make up ground with seniors, a group he won by seven points in 2016, but now finds himself splitting evenly with Biden. Mr. Trump is also struggling to gain the support of suburban women, which may have prompted this direct plea in Pennsylvania on Tuesday. Suburban
2: women, will you please like me? Remember, please, please. I saved your damn neighborhood, OK?
4: Tomorrow night, the presidential candidates will hold dueling town halls after their second debate was scrapped over concerns about President Trump's COVID-19 diagnosis. He will be in Miami, Florida, while Joe Biden is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, two crucial battleground states. Nora.
1: Weijia thank you. There is a dire prediction tonight that 135,000 more Americans could die from COVID in the next three months. That's because new cases are on the rise in at least 37 states and only three are seeing decreases. We get more on this now from
5: CBS's Adriana Diaz. Wisconsin just set two records no one wants, the most daily COVID cases and deaths the state's ever seen.
2: This is really the five alarm fire In our communities.
5: One hospital system saw a 500% rise in COVID patients in the last few weeks. To ease the strain, a field hospital built near Milwaukee opened today, all while Midwest hotspots rage. In Minnesota, the National Guard is helping contain a nursing home outbreak. Next door in South Dakota, the more than 30,000 people infected so far would make it the state's third largest city. Michigan, once a COVID hotspot, hospital admissions have doubled in the last month. The wider view isn't much better. At least 13 states broke records for hospitalizations in the last week. A bad omen for the U.S. could be what's happening now in Europe, which has more daily cases than the U.S. for the first time since spring. A curfew was announced today in Paris, while Italy set a record for a one-day surge. And countries across the continent are reimposing lockdowns. Here at home, the CDC says small gatherings are fanning the spread, along with larger events like a Sweet 16 party at this New York venue. Of the 81 guests, 37 tested positive for COVID, including students from eight schools. I have to admit I've lost some faith in humanity. Deb Sumick knows COVID's impact firsthand. The Wisconsin health care worker is on day 86 of lingering symptoms. What do you think of what's happening now in your state? I'm really disheartened by it. This state right now is so incredibly divided and we've turned a health crisis into a political thing. The CDC has announced that it may not recommend children receive the first wave of the vaccine because, as of now, clinical trials are only testing adults. Nora.
1: Adriana Diaz with all that important information. Thank you. Earlier, we spoke with Dr. Anthony Foucher, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, about the nationwide spike in cases and where the country goes from here in the fight against
2: COVID. We were in a difficult place to begin with, Nora. Uh, As you know, what we're seeing unfortunately is upticks in case positivities, test positivities, that's gonna translate as it already is into additional hospitalizations, which ultimately are gonna translate into additional deaths. And now we're starting to see, as you said correctly, an uptick in cases, in, you know, in thirty seven states. I mean that is a substantial proportion of the United States of America
1: Let me ask you about these large-scale events. 10,000 people will reportedly attend President Trump's rally tonight in an airport hangar in Des Moines, Iowa. Do you consider that type of
2: event dangerous? When people are close to each other and you don't have virtually everyone wearing a mask, that is a risky situation that could very well lead to the kind of spreader events that we have seen in similar settings.
1: There is no approved cure for coronavirus. When people say the president beat it, I'm not worried about it. What's your response?
2: That's sort of like saying somebody was speeding in a car at 95 miles an hour and didn't get in an accident. So I can go ahead and speed and not get in an accident. We're very, very pleased that the president did so well when he was infected with coronavirus. But there are also a lot of people who are his age and his weight, which did not do as well as the president did.
1: Nearly 30 million children nationwide are physically back in the classroom, at least for part of the week. Has this led to some of the outbreaks that were feared? For
2: the most part, there has not been an indication that children are massively spreading the virus in community. I'm sure that there is going to be some indication that might happen. But we're not seeing that as a really major issue right now. The president also said there will be 100 million doses
1: of the vaccine by the end of the year. Is that
2: number accurate? Available to use in a person would mean that that vaccine would have to have been proven to be safe and effective. And right now, there are a couple of candidates that are probably in a position that we will know by November or December, whether or not they have a safe and effective candidate. If they do, there are only a few million doses of those vaccines that would be available. But when you say, is it available of a vaccine that is proven to be safe and effective, it's not going to be 100 million doses.
1: So what is your advice about
2: Thanksgiving? I think people should be very careful and prudent but when you're talking about relatives that are getting on a plane, being exposed in an airport, being exposed in a plane, then walk in the door and say happy Thanksgiving, that you have to be careful about.
1: And you can watch more of our interview at cbsnews.com slash fauci. Return turn now to 2020. America decides the election is still 20 days away, but early voting records are already being broken. Today, voters lined up to cast their ballots in Texas, Virginia, Georgia and Tennessee. They're among the 22 states where early voting is now underway. Here's CBS's
6: Ed O'Keefe. Ladies and gentlemen, the polls are now open. Yeah. <laughs> Nationwide, there are long lines and hours-long waits as more than 14.9 million early votes are in, shattering records from 2016. Nearly 2 million in Florida, about 1.2 million in Michigan, at least another million each in California and Texas, nearly 743,000 over the first two days in Georgia, and over a million here in Virginia. Among those in line at this suburban location are women fed up with President Trump. I don't like the way Trump acts. You know, he's always pumping his fist And the um, pandemic. He hasn't done what
1: he should have done. He stayed in couple days and
6: bullied his way out of the hospital. Currently, Joe Biden leads the president nationwide by 18 points among women with college degrees. That's 11 points better than Hillary Clinton did with them four years ago.
3: I'm part of their team, Joe. I get
6: probably 15 texts a day. The Biden campaign is Go seeking down. out women voters with ads like this one, starring a Wisconsin like eight, mother concerned about the, the pandemic. Warnings, but I think what's been really hard is that there's just no end in sight. Polls show Democrats are more likely than Republicans to vote early. Dana Kogar took the whole day off from work, just in case um, the lines were too long. Important. I felt anxious um, to get my vote in. I think the lines are going to
1: be maybe even worse on November 3rd.
6: Here in Virginia today, the voter registration deadline was extended another 48 hours after the voter registration website crashed earlier this week. But that's done nothing to dampen enthusiasm. Some of the folks in line have been waiting more than two hours to vote early. Nora.
1: Even in the dark at O'Keefe, thank you. Today's Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett would not commit to recusing herself from potential legal disputes over the election, but also said she would not, quote, be used as a pawn to decide the winner. Now, this is Barrett wraps up her second and final day of questioning moving ahead on what appears to be a clear path to a seat on the nation's highest court.
7: Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes.
3: Welcome back.
7: Thank you, Senator. With her confirmation in sight, Judge Amy Coney Barrett was even more cautious today, declining to weigh in on everything from the constitutionality of Medicare... It's not a question that I've ever considered before. ...to the validity of mail-in voting. Um, That's a matter of policy on which I can't express a view. To me, that
4: just feels like a fundamental part of our democracy. Democrats
7: tried unsuccessfully to divine her views on voter discrimination... Does hey, discrimination exists based Senator, on race in America in any form? I'm not going to express an opinion because these are very charged issues. The 48-year-old appeals court, court judge so did try to reassure her opponents on one front, Obamacare. I think you're suggesting that I have some hostility to the ACA, which I assure you that I don't. They so didn't buy respect- it.
0: I will be voting against your confirmation, Your Honor.
7: But Republicans, on the cusp of cementing a 6-3 court majority, gave her rave reviews.
0: This
4: is the first time in American history that we've nominated a woman who's unashamedly pro-life and uh, embraces her faith without apology, and she's going to the court.
7: If confirmed, Barrett will help decide Obamacare's fate this year. And repeatedly at this hearing, she argued that the justices may well decide to slice out one part of the law that's already defunct, but keep the rest. But, Nora, she didn't say whether she backs that approach.
1: Nancy Cordes, thank you. Tonight, we are getting new insight into what happened the night Louisville police shot and killed Brianna Taylor in her home during a botched drug raid. No drugs were found and no officer has been charged in her death. In an exclusive broadcast interview, Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, tells Gail King what they heard that night and why he fired his gun, which is licensed at officers.
4: Take us to that moment when your life really changed forever.
3: There's a loud bang at the door. No, nobody was responding. We were saying, "Who is it?"
4: You all did ask, "Who is it?"
3: Several times, several times, both of us. You know, there's no response.
4: You know, the police say that they said several times, "It's the police." If
3: they knock on the door and say who it was, we can we can hear them. It's dead silent. So the doors, the doors fly off the hinges. I, I let off one shot, and, you know, I'm figuring if somebody's trying to break in or something, they're not not—they're not going to want to do anything after that. And after that, what happens? You know, I don't think I ever heard so many gunshots, like, all at the same time.
4: When did you realize that Brianna had been shot?
3: I guess in the, in the middle of all the gunfire. Like, she screamed. But, like, I was holding her hand.
1: You like, were holding her hand? Yeah,
3: like, while this was happening. Pulled her down to the ground. But, you know, she was just scared, so she just didn't get down. It's like March thirteenth every day, pretty much. I never got to say bye.
4: What does justice look like for you for Brianna Taylor?
3: Brianna Taylor sitting right here next to me. That's the only justice for me.
1: And tomorrow on CBS This Morning, more of Gail King's exclusive interview with Kenneth Walker and his lawyers. They'll discuss the status of his case and his pending lawsuit alleging police misconduct. New tonight, a college football icon has tested positive for the coronavirus. Alabama's head coach Nick Saban says he has no symptoms and is in isolation. Alabama played Mississippi last week, and today the coach of Ole Miss said several of his players have tested positive. Both schools expect to play their games this weekend. An assistant coach will take over for Saban in Saturday's scheduled game against Georgia. A dangerous mix of high winds and historically hot temperatures has red flag fire warnings posted tonight in 14 states from California to Indiana. The desert southwest is broiling in record heat. It hit 100 in Phoenix today, setting a new yearly record of 144 days of triple-digit heat. Wow. Winds topping 60 miles per hour are fueling one of the largest fires in Colorado's history. The Cameron Peak Fire is now over 135,000 acres, prompting new evacuation orders today. Okay, here's a question. How would you like to celebrate your birthday by blasting off? American astronaut Kate Rubens turned 42 today and joined two Russian cosmonauts on a Soyuz rocket, making it to the space station in record time, just over three hours. Now, it marks the end of an era. It is the last time the U.S. will have to pay Russia to launch American astronauts. We've been doing that now for nine years since the last space shuttle flight. Moving forward, two American companies, SpaceX and Boeing, will handle that duty. And by the way, this is Ruben's second space flight. She's a scientist who has specialized in studying viruses. She is brilliant, amazing. Her mission will last six months. Pretty exciting. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we head to the key battleground state of North Carolina as early voting begins and concerns about voters feeling disenfranchised. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Hope to see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.